comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. It'll be great if in the future you have fluorescent lights instead of incandescent lights. Aaron, we do have those. It'd also be cool if we have electric cars and hybrid cars that run on gasoline and on battery power. Uh, we already have those, too. Almost every car manufacturer is making hybrids and electric cars. Or maybe in the future we will have devices that you can use to recall information anywhere at any time. Are you talking about a smartphone? Because we've had those for over a decade now. Samsung, Apple, HTC, Sony, LG have incredible smartphones. Think about it. The ability to have cars that can parallel park themselves. Lexus or Mercedes-Benz are ready to do that. Have you not been keeping up with the times? Also imagine when we can use fuel boosters with tons of rocket fuel to leap into space and take images of the Earth and the stars. Uh, are you having a nervous breakdown? Hang on a minute. Sure, sure. Wait, wait. Abe, Abe, I'm sorry, I forgot to put you on mute. I'm talking to a hologram of Thomas Edison. What? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. And we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello, guys! Hello! Uh, Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 138, 138. All of it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) And in honor of President's Day, Valentine's Day, and the Sochi Olympics, we are, of course, talking about the remake of RoboCop. Woo! Worldwide peace. (laughs) 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 And uh, joining us to discuss the new version of RoboCop we have from the Naptown Nerd and co-host of the Ichabod Cranecast, he is a compilation of parts achieved on screen through stop motion. It's Brandon Peters. Hi, happy to be here in February again talking about another action classic. (laughs) And from views from from abed.net, he may be dead or alive, but he's on this podcast. It's Philip Price. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me back. For sure. Hopefully for we'll sure. have a, a much cleaner show this time around. <laughs> My apologies again. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the weather's nicer by you right now, Abe. Yes, it is. Yeah. Sunny today. That should help. It is sunny. It's sunny out Great here. last night, though, so we dodged a bullet. It's sunny in California. I mean, I don't know about the rest of the you know planet, but right no, here. Well, it's, it's probably sunny in Philadelphia, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just it's general. I, I love that show. It's generally sunny in Philadelphia. That's it's a fun, <laughs> a fun show. With Danny DeFeast show. Wait, wait, it does not think of a date like this. <laughs> Danny DeFeast show. Well, let's uh, get some announcement stuff, some show notes here before we get underway with the, the main stuff. Um, last week we announced a contest, and that contest is still in effect. It is a contest to win one of two copies because you can have two winners for this contest of the first season of The Americans on DVD. Um, all you have to do, because the Olympics are going on right now, you just have to email in uh, your favorite movie about the Olympics, and why, like a brief paragraph or something. Um, 
You can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a, uh, like a message in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can leave us a voicemail, the best option, really, at 972-798-3830. Any of those three ways, tell us your favorite movie about the Olympics. There's a, a number of them. Um, I just really want someone to write in about cool running. Send in your thoughts on the movie about <laughs> the favorite movie about the Olympics. Why? It's, I mean, we, we can have two winners from this because I have two copies of the Americans' first season. Good show. Ties in. Russian spies. Russian Yeah, because if no one writes in, Aaron's just going to send it to me and it's going to sit in my Nobody head. wants that. Yeah, nobody wants nobody that. Nobody wants Dave to win on this show ever. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, we have a new commentary up. Um, obviously, Woo! we're talking, talking about Robocop today, but Brandon, who's on this show with I, and friend of the show, Jim Deeds, we recorded a commentary for the original Robocop, and that is up now on iTunes and everywhere else that you can find this show. And that was a lot of fun to do, right, Brandon? Oh, yeah, it was terrific. Loved it. It was one of my, probably one of my favorite ones we did. We pack them with info. It's, it's always fun, yeah. too. And uh, what else? Let's see. Oscars are coming soon. We are going to do an Oscar prediction show. We're still figuring out how, if it's going to be a bonus or a main episode or not. Well, you know, it'll happen. So there you go. And, of course, friend of the show, Mark Hoban, and most likely friend of the show, Mark Johnson. They're both going to be on that as usual. So Mark and Mark. Yeah, the Marks. The Marks. The Marks, Marks Brothers. Marks Brothers, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Without uh, a mix. Yeah, we nailed that. Um, let's let's move on here. Let's get to know everybody. For each week, we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know, know everybody. everybody. And with that amazingly double-spoken phrase, I'm going to let Abe start this one. Boom. All right, Philip. All right. In the original RoboCop, they drive around in Ford Tauruses. And in this one, it looks like they have maybe Chevy Volts. In your future, where the cops are half-man, half-machine... What kind of cars would you want them to drive? Um, well, here, I don't know what they're driving out there. Here they have, I think they have the Dodge Chargers. Oh, do they? Oh, okay, my bad. Ooh. So Good. No, I'm just saying like here in, in Arkansas oh. they do. So gotcha. uh, I, think, I think they're probably going to ride those out for a while, at least through, you know, 2020 or so. So I'm going to... I'm going to stick with those. I think they're just going to have those. And, and they're pretty cool looking. I don't mind them. I'm not a big car guy, so... Appearances, you know, everything. <laughs> but, but at least Josh Brolin could teach you how to change oil. Exactly. <laughs> as long as he helped me with the upkeep, it's golden. Within the 900 hours that he's there with him over the weekend. <laughs> Aaron's got to get done at some point, Abe. You can't just let things sit around. <laughs> All right. Um, we will go. I'll shoot one back at you, Abe. How about um, out of the, the two Paul Verhoeven Films that have been made, uh, remade recently, uh, which, uh, did you prefer and which did you find more unnecessary? The, the Total Recall or, or this one? God. Uh, I definitely prefer this one over the Total Recall remake. Uh, I thought the Total Recall remake was, man, that was just really bad because I think that they were trying to go almost beat for beat sometimes. Um, whereas this one, it's like, hey man, we're our own story. We have some of the same characters and same names, but, We'll, we'll just make something a little bit more different. Uh, I still like the Paul, Ver- Paul Verhoeven versions for both. Um, I don't think anyone's going to argue that ever. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> the humor, the violence, and uh, the sarcasm. But um, like a 6,000 SUX, come on. Does it get really bad gas mileage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll go with uh, with those. Uh, or, or I guess with this 2014 Robocop over the 2010, 12? Uh I think it's, uh, 2011. 2011, wow. That was a long time ago. Uh, 
It was in between your two years, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't win at box office. <laughs> it was 2012, actually. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. The year that uh, John Cusack saved us from limo drivers. <laughs> With the flying limo, right. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. In RoboCop 1, you have ED-209, Ed-209 as the villain, and in RoboCop 2, you have Kane, which is like this interface on top of this re- weird robot. If they made a pretty good next villain for RoboCop, if they actually have a RoboCop sequel, what would you hope that they have? What would be really cool for you? Um, Terminator. That would Terminator. be amazing. <laughs> RoboCop versus Terminator. Not the video game. Why not? Well, yeah. it could be an adaptation. <laughs> yeah, it could be an adaptation. <laughs> yeah, they never got to go crazy with all the versus movies. We only got like really two of them. Yeah, but... ball- ballistics, of course. X versus Cyber. Yes. <laughs> and Alien versus Predator. <laughs> Those are the two. But um, Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> there's uh, um. There's plenty of sci-fi channel verses, but those don't count. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was, there's an interesting idea of in the uh, the Prime Directives miniseries of like a, a rival uh, RoboCop because you would think that they would maybe produce more than one RoboCop in the future. So maybe maybe um, useless Lewis gets put into one. I don't know. <laughs> Follow-up so, follow question, Abe. How deep is your knowledge on the RoboCop sequels? Because I couldn't even name the villain of 2, which I haven't watched. Uh, I remember having RoboCop 2 on Laserdisc. On what disc? I'm sorry. <laughs> Laserdisc. <laughs> it's, it's, here's a history lesson. Before DVDs, there was this thing called Laserdisc. They were giant, probably like 12 inches in diameter. And then you'd have to stop the movie halfway because you had to flip the disc. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> this concludes sarcastic discussion about past technology. <laughs> Brandon, you're up. All right. Um, I'll shoot this to Aaron. Yeah. So we've had two remakes of Paul Bearhoven movies, and they've both been kind of like uh, iconically male-type movies. So let's say they remake Showgirls and Basic Instinct. Uh, sure. Who would who would you pick to direct each? And... Who would you pick to take the, the the Elizabeth Berkley role in Showgirls and the Sharon Stone role in Basic Instinct? Jesus. Um, Sharon Stone role, probably, I don't know, Scarlett Johansson. Um, Hot. Uh, Elizabeth Berkley. Uh, who's, like, who's, like, crazy bad? Um, <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus. And interacting debut. Um, or not acting debut. She's been in several. She's a Hannah Montana. What am I talking about? So she's already an actress. Um who would direct these movies? Who would direct Showgirls the movie? Um, Lars von Trier. Um, basic Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> Lars von Trier directed Miley Cyrus starring Showgirls remake. Uh, basic Instinct. This is just Nymphomaniac 3. I'm crushing this right now. Uh, what's, what was the other Basic Instinct movie? Um, what's that? Like Michael Douglas's ass and Sharon Stone walking around like, what's going on? Murder. Um, you forgot Newman. Uh, I never forget Newman. Um, it's a poster I have. Never forget. It has pictured Newman on it. Um, <laughs> um, who would direct the Basic Instinct remake, sexual thriller type movie? What like erotic thrillers have come out recently from like new directors? Wasn't there that one that just came out with I Am Number Four? What? Oh, that's Endless it? Love. Yeah, it's not we're, an erotic thriller. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's it just a, seems like a bad movie. We'll get to that and out now quickies because I know Phillips. Uh, TM. <laughs> but um, um. Uh, who, who made stuff? 
I don't know, just go really random. The director of the East is all Batman leash. Do that. Give, there you give, go. give him a big budget movie like Basic Instinct Remake. <laughs> all right, nailed those ones, guys. Got them. <laughs> those are the right answers, right, Brad? You had that written down? Yep, actually, um, <laughs> a, amazing. A plus, yeah. <laughs> Got it, nailed it. All right. <laughs> Abe. Yeah. What kind of TV show would would should uh, Michael Keaton be the lead in? What kind of TV show? Yeah, I I I'd have thought the other day is like Michael Keaton's you know great and everything, and like he should be in more things. Obviously, I think everyone pretty much agrees with this. But like, yeah. I think if he like had his own TV show, he'd be like a great lead. Like, what what kind of TV show would that be? It'd be a comedy. I'm I'm thinking like Brooklyn Nine Nine without Andre Brower, but with Michael Keaton instead, and he's matching. The whoa, whoa, whoa! Because that 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 Andre. I Brower, love Andre Brower. I but love. I mean, his dry humor makes that show work. Like. <laughs> You're just getting the other guys again if he's police captain. No, it'd be well. It'd be called Brooklyn Nine Eight. It's like the sister branch. It's like the spinoff. I had, I had a good idea for what I thought he'd be. Like, he'd be like a good cabbie, like a cab a driver. Good cabbie. A good like a cab driver in New York. He gets angry at everybody. Like, he's not that angry. He's just like more, he's more. He's more zippy. He's more. He's more. He's just more. Got a lot of energy. He does. That's what I miss about Michael Keaton. His zip. <laughs> All right. Maybe best two questions, right? I have. Okay, so I'll ask. You have another my, question? Yeah, I'll ask my second question. I'll ask it to Philip. Philip. Yes. If you had a cop partner, much like a Murtaugh or a Michael K. Williams for no reason, who would who would you who, what actor would you pick to be your cop partner? Oh, um, I kind of want to say uh, not not Boyle from Brooklyn Nine Nine because that last episode was great, but. Um, I might, I mean, it would be fun to have him around, but I don't know if I could deal with him as a partner. So maybe I'll just go with Samberg, because that would always be entertaining and hilarious. Sam what, sorry? Samberg. Oh, Samberg. Andy Samberg. Samberg. Ah, nice. Yeah. I mean, he's got the training, so, and he does his job well. He's we'll got the training, him. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing, but he's hilarious at the same time, so always, always, that'll be, you know, it'll be good to be around if you're going to be stuck with your partner. I don't know. That's all I got. Oh, Am okay. I, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I like the answer too. It's a funny show. All right. Um, let's see. Well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll go with Brandon here. Um, Yo. my other question was just which 80s flick that hasn't been remade, remade that you enjoy, would you not mind seeing a new interpretation of? Um, there's a, there's plenty. I, I think um, I'm gonna go with with uh, Hellraiser. Oh, uh, yeah, surprise! Because yeah. yeah, while I love the original, there's so much um, room to expand with that universe, and that they they don't have to like remake the first film, but they could use some ideas and make something wholly original and pretty cool with it as well. I, I still think the original holds up fine and it's good, but I'm inter- intrigued by, you know, the types of things they could do with that universe. Yeah, that, that's a great answer. I'm surprised they haven't done that already. I, yeah, I They're wor- they've been working on it for years, but now uh, Clyde Barker is currently writing it. Hmm. But and he's bringing Dud Bradley back, which I think is a mistake. But um let's see if that gets off the ground cuz like Todd Farmer was involved on it for a while and bunch of people but it's not happened i figured with the evil dead remake you know being like you know gore friendly and stuff that that would have got put into commission right away but well even with the um i mean michael bay's uh what's platinum doom stuff you think like yeah certain properties would just start being snatched up and made yeah it, it's weinstein so uh 
But I mean, because yeah, I'm not a huge Hellraiser fan. Like, I think the effects are good, um, and they do hold up. But I'm just not a big fan of that of, of that of that story in that film. But uh, I'd be curious to see what else they can do. Because I mean, that is a, I agree, it's an intriguing universe. There's a lot of potential to do a lot of different things with that idea. Yeah. Um, pen, I, pen, or no. But, uh, I mean, they they have they have done a lot with it with through you know being able to do the straight to DVD realm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean. There's just it's it's kind of a it's one that's kind of can be timeless and still be effective. So no matter what technologies are around nowadays, because some the the further we get with technology, the harder some struggle to be remade with. But uh, my question. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm shooting it. Um, shoot everybody. Go, you shoot everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I'll shoot. Am I the last question? Yeah, you are. Yeah. All right, everybody. So make it good. <laughs> Okay. If you listen to the commentary, um, we talked about how, like, you know, good or bad, the, re- the remakes bring about some good things, like, you know, getting special cool editions of Blu-rays out that we want. Like, the new Robocop, we got a, a new transfer of the original film, and the bonus features all ported over on it finally, and it was great. And I mentioned, like, I got, you know, like, the, the Stepfather came out on, on Blu-ray because of the remake, and we got a, there's a new Total Recall because of that. So, what film would you want to get remade so you would hopefully get a cool new blu-ray edition of it That's of the original interesting question it's like what movie do you have to like stomach a remake of just so you can get a good version of the old blu-ray yes <laughs> um man let's let's um what do i have that like have that well i almost want to say i want a remake of true lies just so i could finally get a good true lies <laughs> blu-ray but... yeah um has to be an 80s movie no. no, it could be any okay. any movie. They're on Blu-ray. Uh, I like. I want to like leave this podcast so I can walk to my other room and ha- look at all my DVDs that don't have Blu-rays yet. And see what there is. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if there is one or not. I, this may be off base. One I've been looking for on Blu-ray is, and it's way too soon for a remake of any kind. I don't know if they would ever remake it. But um, is there a Blu-ray version of Munich? There, no, there is not. No. no, yeah. I've been looking for that for ever, and I've never been able to find one. So I didn't know if it was or what, but I I know that would be ridiculous to remake at this point. But I would love to get that on Blu-ray. I I agree with you completely. Um, And uh, like Spielberg's like that for a lot of his. Like they're they've been very slowly coming out Spielberg's films on Blu-ray, which is odd to me. But yeah, like I I understand you don't like doing commentaries, but that doesn't mean we can't watch your movies in like pristine quality. I'd take I'd take a bare bones Munich Blu-ray. Yeah. With that said, is Duel is Duel on Blu-ray? No, no Duel's not on Blu-ray. So let's remake Duel because that's a cool movie anyway, and then let's put that on Blu-ray. There you go. So yeah, that's that. Let's Abe comes up with an answer on the fly. Yeah, Biker Boys. Biker Boys, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Biker Boys. Or never back down. I don't know. Never back down is on Blu-ray. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> no, they didn't make a remake of it. Don't be a, a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's how you play No Everybody. Let's move on now. Let's get that now, quickies. Yep. Each week and out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about, but we always have other movies that we've seen during the week, so we have a segment. Yep. All yep. of that. All Woo. of that. All of that, guys. New listeners should enjoy that beat. Okay. Um... <laughs> Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have not, but I want to check out the new Kevin Hart movie probably after this podcast. Okay. 
Thanks for your movie plans. Um, <laughs> Brandon, have you seen any of the movies or anything recently? I see lots of movies every week, but um, I saw the Knights of Bad Assdom. Oh, you did? Okay. And that... I I equate my disappointment with that to um, that movie Fanboys, where it's this uh... movie you hear about and hear about, and everybody's like, "Oh, they, why aren't they releasing it?" And blah blah blah, and it's, eh, it's it's. It's not a horrid movie, but it's pretty mediocre and kind of at times lousy. I, I had some fun with Jimmy Simpson in it. He's really, really good and funny, but there's a lot of complaints about the movie being hacked up. I couldn't tell you if things being restored would help it. I, I, I'd like to think not, but it's still pretty gory and is what it is. But it's just, I think uh, if you want a, a LARPing comedy, check out Role Models. That movie is... Yeah. really funny and and actually does a lot better job of parodying that stuff than oh, the whole movie about it um and uh nights of nights about is that joe lynch is that the director joe lynch yeah joe the, lynch it's the film about a group of larpers uh, that like encounter actual like no fantasy it, creatures. it's one it's one chick dressed kind of hot that runs around eating people and that's it um question for you yeah have you seen the wild hunt no it's also about quote LARPing, but it turns really dangerous, and it it's got a really uh, interesting way that it ends up. Okay. The Wild Hunt. Yeah. Wild Hunt. I've not heard of that. Okay. So they may have just made up a movie. <laughs> Put it on the, uh, I yeah. haven't seen it, but it heard it's good. I, I think that it's a it's the, the A recommendation. Ricky, uh-huh. maybe. Oh, so this is a Canadian movie. Uh, yeah, it's a French Canadian. Correct. Nailed that one. <laughs> I looked at one name and guessed it was Canadian. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was disappointed with it, and it's, you know. It's funny how you bring up fanboys, because I had the exact same thought of fanboys. I'm like, wow, this movie yeah. wasn't really good. <laughs> like, no, no, and they both, both movies feature, um, child kidnapping vans with stuff spray painted on them that kind of go with what the movie is. Okay. Um, I also saw Nebraska. Oh, had you not I'm, seen it? You hadn't seen it. No, I hadn't seen it, and it's really good movie. Um, I yeah, I think you know everybody's talking about like Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, but like Will Forte is pretty good in that movie. I agree. I, yeah, it's quite good. So yeah, it's it gives you that little like um, kind of indie movie feel. It gives you some comedy and gives you some really good drama. And I, I like how it, it kind of starts as like all these stereotypes that get more and more depth as the film goes along, and it's really cool. So I yeah I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Great. So but, but yeah those are two I picked to talk about. So. Cool. Philip, any other movies you've seen this week? Yeah, I saw a couple of the the new releases this week as well as I rented Diana. I don't know why it came out. <laughs> uh, it came out this past week on on DVD and Blu-ray and um it's I mean it's not horrible like you've heard. Uh, but it's it's just not very good, and it just seems you know pointless. Um, Naomi Watts is you know she does what she can. I mean, what what, what can she do with it really that people don't already know? Because Diana was such a you know big figure in the press and everything. What's the uh, uh, what's that film's focus? Like what is? It is on the focus, uh, or the focus is on the relationship between her and the heart surgeon that Naveen Andrews plays. Okay. Uh, uh, and the relationship they had for a couple of years, um, that, and he just, he wasn't a public person and he couldn't deal with, 
you know, basically her lifestyle, but they kept trying to make it work and all this kind of stuff. And it, it has some interesting moments in it. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It, it's just not very compelling and I, I never got invested in it. Um, so I mean, it's not, it's not probably not as bad as you've heard, but it, it's not great. And it's, it's not really worth, you know, wasting the, the nearly two hours on. Uh, other than that, I did see about last night, which was, which was pretty great. Uh, and um, and endless love. So I, I racked up on the remakes this week. I see. And <laughs> uh, endless love. That was endless love. It's it's not a, it's not very good. It's, was was the Lionel Richie song featured? No. <laughs> ah, well, there's no no reason to see it. There's no, yeah, there's, there's so I even bother. <laughs> but I uh, I mean, it knows exactly what kind of movie it is. That's and fair. I kind of had. Um, some hope for it because the lady who directed it, uh, her name was, was Kay, but she directed um, one called The Greatest that had Carrie Mulligan in it from a few years ago that wasn't bad. And then she made Country Strong, but that wasn't very good either. Um, but Endless Love, it knows what it is and it, it totally, you know, embraces that. But if you're over the age of like 25, you're just going to kind of cringe at it. <laughs> I mean, because it's just so, it's so melodramatic. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw About Last Night as well. Um, I think that movie's terrific. I had a lot of fun with About Last Night. This is the the, the remake of the what, 86 version with uh, Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Jim Belushi, and Elizabeth Perkins, which is also kind of an adaptation of a David Mamet play, which doesn't have too much in common with that play. It's like, <laughs> hey, there's character names and dialogue about romance. But um, I, I re- this new version with Kevin Hart, Regina Hall, Michael Ealy, and Joy Bryant, it's, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think the the dialogue is really rapid fire. It's it's an R rated film, but without being like a raunchy fest or anything like that. It's just more of like people talking very frankly about sex, and it's just really well done. I think it, it was just a really well made remake, a, a, a movie suitable for like what Kevin Kevin Hart has to offer. Who like Kevin Hart? He makes me laugh. Right along, not a good movie, but, like, he made me laugh in it for, like, a number of times. This movie, like, this is what happens when you have a good script to go with him. Like, it just, it works. And I think the rest of the cast is great as well. I think just the chemistry in general is just really solid in that movie. I just, so I really enjoyed about last night of the of the three 80s remakes that came out this week. That's the, the one that I'd pick. Um, let's see. I've also started watching House of Cards Season 2 on Netflix. If you like the first season of House of Cards, this, this is just amping it up even more. Um... I'm liking it quite a bit, and um, let's see, what else? I wanted to shout this out, because I think this show's going to get canceled, but I've been enjoying it. It's called Rake on uh, on Fox with Greg Kinnear. Is anyone there? <laughs> no one's responding. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm just, so enthralled. I was just listening. I'm, like, yeah, I'm super enthralled about what you're talk, saying. Aaron. Jeez. Yeah, Jeez. Okay. Um, Rake uh, with Greg Kinnear. Uh, it's, I guess it's a remake of a, of a show in Australia, um, and it, basically Greg Kinnear just plays kind of a a Greg Kinnear type character who's a lawyer in LA who owes money all over town, gets into trouble, but he's like also a pretty good lawyer. And it's just, it's a fun kind of dark comedy. I think it, it, it would have, it would, it needs room to grow, but I don't think it's going to get that. Cause I really feel like it's going to be canceled. Like after I finish the sentence, but we'll see. Um, but I'm enjoying Breaking it. news, Aaron, it's been canceled. I've been, enjoy- I've been enjoying it. And the fact that like Sam Raimi has been directing a few episodes is like, yeah, all right. I, I like this more. Um, so yeah, that's rake. And uh, last thing, The Walking Dead started back up. I think people know that I, I tend, I write about The Walking Dead, and like it's, it's nice covering that show. And I co-host on the Walking Dead TV podcast, and it's off to a good start so far. Looking forward to seeing if it 
keeps up this uh, momentum because I, I was not a huge fan of things that happened at the end of the uh, first half of the season with the governor. We'll just leave it there. I think Brandon's kind of in agreement on that one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So am I. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. Uh, <laughs> You're a devoted walking to I wanted to make sure that you knew that I was listening. <laughs> and I have only watched as much as there is on Netflix, so I haven't seen any of the four seasons, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I, you know. I get you. <laughs> Alright, that's, uh, that's out of quickies. Yep. Let's, um, good job, Abe. Let's, um, let's move on to, move on to, uh, movie trailer talk where each week we can talk about some of the newest trailers. And uh, what we thought of them when they're coming out, what have you. The first one, somehow kind of similar to like Spider-Man, where we talked about that only a couple of weeks ago. Like, this one just kind of flew under, because we had so other things just came up. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Sure, it came out in uh, December, but we're talking about it now, in mid-February. <clears throat> um, this is, of course, the follow-up to the reboot, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I... I believe Abe and I were big fans of. I think, big fans, I, yeah. I, I, Love Brand, it. I think, Brandon, you were a fan. Philip, did you like Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Oh, yeah, I was really surprised by it, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of, most of the people, most of the people that saw it were pretty big fans of that film. Um, this is, of course, the sequel to that, um, kind of taking a more apocalyptic approach as the kind of, that first film ended with a virus starting to spread spoilers. And this film is kind of picking up with, uh, the world in a bit of a chaos. And I think man versus ape is going to be a thing. Um, it stars a lot of people, Gary Oldman, Jason Clark, uh, Carrie Russell, and of course Andy Serkis is back as Caesar. And uh yeah, uh, not a not a ton of footage in the trailer, just more of like a here's the tone of the film kind of setup. But that said, let's start with Brandon. What did you think of the trailer for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Uh I am excited. I, I uh I'm a, a big fan of the franchise, the old school ones, not so much the Tim Burton. Mark Wahlberg uh experiment. No. Um but this one apparently is going to um like Rise was Rise was um, basically a fresh start on fresh take on the uh, conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which is the fourth film, which is next to the original, my favorite one. Um, and then this will be look, is going to be doing um, the Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which was a good idea, but kind of a troubled film. I like it a little more than most, but it's considered the weakest of of the original films. But um, it's yeah. definitely something that could be remade and enhanced and. It's open for it. just like Conquest. While I love that original film, it's the ability to um, you know pick that film up and improve upon it, and you know make you know do something with it is out there. And they they did it once. I trust Matt Reeves um, to direct. Uh, I like what the trailer brings. It's not bringing much aside from kind of setting us up a little bit. Um, I can't wait to speak to Caesar this summer. <laughs> uh, Philip, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, pretty much the same thing. I love the the tone that it is, uh, that it has going for it. I, I haven't seen all of the the originals. So I, I know I need to get on that um, before going into this one, but um, but it was nice to kind of see the first the um, rise of the Planet of the Apes without any kind of uh, you know knowledge of, of the prior films and everything and i really enjoyed it and so um that plus i mean the cast here is just is pretty great so i'm excited to see where they go with it and uh and uh how it'll lead into probably what should be another another films but yeah i'm really excited for it i love the first one so i'm, I'm definitely up for this one hey. big fan of the first one as well uh certainly you're right about 
not showing you too much. It's kind of more of a teaser trailer, but certainly sets up the mood and you understand that things have kind of gone down the drain um, with the humans. So uh, I love, or I like the visuals that I've seen so far, like the 76 gas station and some of the cars are piled up in San Francisco. Uh, huge fan of Jason Clark, huge fan of Gary Oldman. Glad that Andy Serkis is back. Um, I think that this director... He Matt Reeves. A, yeah, Matt Reeves, he did a Cloverfield. Yes. Um, yep. So, I mean, there's positive stuff there. Uh, but yeah, I, ho- I hope that the story still holds up. I hope it's not just like a, an action fest that has uh, no real plot. Yeah, no, I'm certainly not worried about that. I think it's kind of on the right track here. I do like um, uh, Matt Reeves as a director. Yeah, he also did the Let Me In remake, which... I, I'm not in love with that movie, but at least I thought it was like a competent remake that just came out kind of way too it's soon. Kind of scene for scene. Uh, yeah, it just gave it, it gave it just like the girl with the dragon too, tattoo. Like it's like well, whatever. Um, that said, this does because yeah, he was. But he, it's in English. Yes. <laughs> you don't got. You don't have to read. Matt <laughs> Reeves was a big. He he did. Um, he was like showrunner on Felicity, so this of course reunites him with Felicity star Carrie Russell. So there you go, right there. And let's not forget the epic work he did on the Paul Bear with David Schwimmer. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I, I've met Matt Reeves. He's a cool guy. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to see him do a movie like this. Um, as I was a big fan of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and um, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. I like the um, what I mean. Generally, I think adding Gary Oldman to thing makes for you know a fine movie. We'll get to that later. But I mean, that's uh, it, it's a it's a nice side for me when you see Gary Oldman jumping onto something like this. And I'm a big fan of Jason Clark, and of course Andy Serkis' work as Caesar, and I'm, what I'm sure is going to be, yet again, way to just being amazing with special effects. I, I'm just excited to see kind of where things have gone with the kind of progression of the apes and everything. So it's, and I'm, I'm a fan of the big fan of the franchise too. I do like the, Burton, the real ones. Yeah, the real ones. Burton, Burton films excluded. Um, the, the original Planet of the Apes kind of franchise is always one that's intrigued me. I, I like Escape from the Planet of the Apes. That's my I yeah, that's, that's a my fun second, one. That's my second favorite one. I that think. one's like really tonally its own compared to the rest of them, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of why I like it. And that said, Beneath the Planet of the Apes is not a great movie, but that ending is like no, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's it's like a lot of people like I think I enjoy like Battle for the Planet of the Apes more than that one. That one has a great last twenty minutes, but the first. First hour of that movie is just—it's really meandering. It's the same thing. It's okay. I'm here looking for him, going through the same. They kind of rush through what you learn in the first one, but you know it's a new guy, so he's you know got to learn it too. But well, that last twenty minutes is fantastic. I yeah, I do a Planet of the Apes commentary at some point. Um, okay, Rise of the Planet of the Apes hits theaters July 11th this summer, so look forward to that. Next up, we have the trailer for Brick Mansions. This is a film that's a remake of District B-13, a Luc Besson-produced action parkour thriller. That's fun to say. Um, a film that I like quite a bit, and now this version is seemingly the exact same plot, except we've replaced a professional parkour athlete with Paul Walker. Uh, we still have David Bell from the original film playing the same character, it seems, and we, we replaced the villain with RZA. Um <laughs> Uh, the um, it, it basically involves a kind of corrupt building area that has a lot of drugs and things going on, and an under, undercover cop kind of hesitantly befriends another person that's from this building to kind of stop the crime war that's inside, and there's missiles that are set to launch at some point and other terrible things that could possibly happen. 
With that said, Brandon, I'm sure you've seen District B13, right? I haven't, actually. That you was, haven't seen District no, B13? It's a, a film that I've just always been like, gotta see District B13, never got to it. Alright. Well. I loved the trailer when it came out, I heard some, I wanted to go see it, um, I think I was still living in Los Angeles at the time. Never, it just never happened. I don't know what went wrong. I never rented it, I never, it just, it escaped me. It's one of those that like, oh yeah, need to see that. So maybe now I'll, I'll, Go back and see it. Um, this one, uh, Paul Walker being in it makes it infinitely more interesting. Um, but I don't know. If, uh, it looks fun, but like the kind of fun I can kick back at home and watch it. Okay, Philip, have you seen the original District P thirteen? No, I haven't, and I I had no uh, idea about it. Uh, idea about it? No, and. Uh, I mean, I just watched the trailer for this one, and it kind of gives you that thing where, um, you know, Walker's work outside of the the Fast and Furious franchise, you kind of take it as, you know, not much. It doesn't look, you know, too legit. I didn't see Hours, the other one that came out right after he, he passed away, uh, but, you know, all the other stuff. And, and so I expected it to be kind of like that. But the, the trailer is actually, I mean, it looks impressive anyway. I mean, all the, the crazy parkour and stuff, it, I mean, it looks intense. Um, and it looks well done. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's probably another thing I would, would rush out to see, but that I, I would probably rent or check out on Netflix or something. Hey, unless you're about to drop a bomb on me and tell me you've never actually seen District B13. I'm pretty sure you've seen District B13. Drop the bomb, buddy! <laughs> I've never seen District B13. I feel like we've talked about this on the We podcast. have, many times. <laughs> the great news, the great news is that it's on Netflix streaming. Yes, it is. I believe that its remake it's, is maybe I, on Netflix streaming as well, or I mean, the, the follow-up is the also sequel, on Netflix yeah, streaming. Ultimatum, which is yeah. an okay movie, not as good as I mean, the, the movie poster for the District B19 things looks really cool too. Uh, but no, this trailer, is, yeah, I do agree that it's fascinating, primarily because it's Paul Walker's last completed film. Um, but my real hope is that it knows what kind of movie that it, it is and or wants to be and sticks to that. I hope that it doesn't try to be like ultra dramatic or ultra cool. Um, if it's campy, just make it campy. And I hope that there's humor in it. But, you know, I, I don't know because it looks it looks ridiculous, especially with the RZA. I'm a big fan of parkour. I'm a big fan of like what Paul Walker and his buddy are doing. But the RZA kind of just makes me uneasy, primarily because it looks like he's just going crazy. And if he's if he's going crazy throughout the entire film, great. Uh, but if he's trying to play a serious role with these ridiculous lines, a la uh, Sean Penn in Gangster Squad, then no. <laughs> yeah. then no. Like, yeah, no. So, yeah, there you go. Um, okay. So obviously I've seen Distribution. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that movie. I think it's this, this perfect, fast-paced, very John Carpenter-ish take on a Luc Besson film. It has a, it, it, it incorporates the parkour in a way that you just like, you don't see in film often. Like this, that movie came out before uh, Casino Royale. And I, I believe it came out before. Yeah. No, it did. Um, and I was, I was all about it. Like, I, I, I remember what, you know, seeing, like, random videos of parkour, and it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then there's, like, a whole movie, like, a whole action movie based around it, and I was really into it. And I think the movie, it had a really, you know, really tight plot. It's like, I think it was, like, maybe 85 minutes at most. It just flies by, and that's a movie I just really enjoy. This movie looks exactly the same as the, the original. Brick Mansion's... I can see why it's been, you know, remade, because it's like, hey, American audiences don't need to read. Now we can see this action movie. But, I mean, 
it's what, all in English. You don't you don't have to read. You can watch the screen and what's, meet people. What's good? It's just like everything is the same, including like one of the actors in a lead role of the film, and we just replaced a person that does this, you know, without stunt people with Paul Walker, who obviously will need like stunt people, which is fine. But like, it's the kind of thing where I I, I just want to encourage people to see the original and then check out this movie, <laughs> even though like everyone that was involved in the first one it seems to be involved in this one. So I mean, obviously there's a good you know relationship there because Luc Besson's happy to just hand out movies to his proteges and let them direct things. So I mean, it looks entertaining. I I it's I I doubt it's going to replace the movie that I love a lot, but we'll see. I, um, we'll see on that one. And yeah, obviously yeah, Paul Walker's last completed film would be interesting to see how that turns out. But you know, whatever, RZA. Uh. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so yeah, District B, well, who did, uh, District B 13, that was, um, who directed, that was the guy that did Taken, I believe, too. What's his, what's, oh, really? What's his face? Um, cause he went on to do Taken, and then he went on to do, um, from, from Paris with Love. Oh yeah, Pierre, Pierre Morel, yeah, Pierre Morel did the original Taken. Not Olivier Megaton, my favorite name of a French director who did the sequel Taken 2, um, and Transporter 3. Anyway, Brick Mansions from new director Camille Delama, De um, another Luc Besson protege, I'm sure. Director Brick Mansions, which arrives in theaters April 25th, uh, late spring. Taking that Fast and Furious spot, it seems, late April. Hmm. So there we go. That's the uh, trailer for Brick Mansions. Now I guess we can move on. We can get to our main review for RoboCop. Why is America so robophobic? We need to give Americans a product they can love, a figure they can rally behind. We can't put a machine on the street. Forget machines. They want a product with a conscience, something that knows what it feels like to be human. I'll give you mom a kiss. My baby. Too slow, boy. We're going to put a man inside a machine. Time to wake him up. That should have been some of the trailer for Robocop, which is the latest Paul Verhoeven film to be remade for modern audiences. With a dud that was Total Recall a couple years ago and rumors of another Starship Troopers adaptation cropping up every so often, this Robocop comes from the Brazilian director of Elite Squad, Jose Padilla, and stars the Kidlings' Joel Kinnaman as the titular cop who cannot be stopped after he is brutally injured by crime bosses and corrupt cops. Kinnaman's Alex Murphy is given an overhaul, turning him into a robotic police officer, ideally opening up the idea of having America be served and protected by others like him, or perhaps drones. Other shenanigans ensue, as Robocop still has feelings to deal with. Brandon Beaters, was this Robocop a success, or did it violate protocol? Man, um, my first first instinct was when I, I saw the movie, and, and I came back home and I felt like I immediately needed to write my review then because I it was I felt like it was going to be a very forgettable movie like there was nothing that was really going to stay with me I, I don't think I don't think it was absolutely terrible but I and I think maybe it could find some sort of audience somewhere but like just for me I just didn't think any of it was necessary it did try to do its own thing it tried to you know, have its own ideas, but it ultimately crutched itself back to the original, the movie, uh, with things. Um, I did like, 
scenes between um, Commissioner Gordon and Batman. <laughs> those were those were enjoyable. Those guys. I mean, I I, I thought this was a well acted like like mediocre-ish movie. I, I thought the performances were quite good. Kidman was fine. I don't know. It, it um, I, I want to thank it for not being a two-and-a-half-hour reboot of RoboCop um, with a lot of these things nowadays, but I, I found what the problem is is they spend far too much time getting us to him being RoboCop and making everything try to seem so like real and believable, but that when it gets time to actually you know, be a case for RoboCop. The movie is like, there's not enough time left to cover everything. So it gets a bit rushed and things just don't, they just go too quick. It's just not, you know, in- enjoyable. It just doesn't feel very compelling once he gets to his case. It's just too much time uh, with training and, and leading up to it. Whereas in the, the, you know, the original, it was just, you know, a couple things, and bam, let's get him out there. And I was fine with that. You know, you tell me there's a robo, robo cop, I, I buy that your tech works and stuff. But um, yeah, the, the action wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It was just pedestrian to me. Um, I don't know. It just overall, it's kind of eh, with the movie. But I, I mean, maybe it wasn't for me. But I, I, I could see general audiences may be enjoying this a bit more, but for me, it just wasn't there. It's just, you know, not, I didn't think it was terrible, but I just moving on, you know? All right. That's what um, I, mean. I know your opinions on RoboCop already because we did the commentary for the original. Uh, yeah. Philip, are you a fan of the original RoboCop and what did you think of this film? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the, the first one. I didn't, I never had like a lot of affection for it. Um, I was the oldest of my siblings, and so I didn't really get to watch any uh, R-rated movies, you know, before I was, you know, 12, 13 or so. I just didn't have a lot of exposure to them, so I didn't, I didn't really see the original until uh, much later after it came out, and by that point, it had already seemed kind of dated, and uh, you know, and at that time, I didn't understand a lot of the the satire and the the jokes and everything, or everything it was going after, or, or you know what it was kind of making a social commentary on. So, um, I, I mean, I enjoyed it just because I enjoy sci-fi movies and, uh, the, you know, the suit just looked awesome when you're, when you're, you know, 12, 13 years old. Um, but as far as this one goes, I, I didn't go in expecting a lot because I thought it would kind of be a, uh, a beat for beat remake. Cause they just, you know, we wanted to get the action in there and, uh, and, you know, and you know, thrill audiences because it's a it's a RoboCop movie. That's what they expect. But I really actually dug the first hour of it. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the development of the character. I liked that they included more of uh, how the accident and him becoming RoboCop affected the wife and the child, and they didn't just cut them out of it and you know have them leave town and everything. Um, I do think that you know once it gets to that second hour and they kind of shoehorn in. Um, the rest of the case that he's working on um, with the bad guy, uh, which is, you know, completely pushed to the side. Um, and then it gets a little convoluted with, because there's so many players in this one. Yeah. Um, Keaton and all his, you know, all the people that work for Omnicorp, uh, plus, you, you know, you have Oldman going kind of back and forth on things um, and the influence of uh, the wife and, and the kid and what role they play. There's just so many angles coming at it. 
And and they I think they do that because audiences now expect their um you know their everything's kind of coming back from the the Batman effect and they're trying to make these fantasy things as grounded in reality as possible because people want sci-fi as real as grounded as real and grounded as possible but uh but I think it 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 suffers from that because instead of uh instead of you know just going with that actions you know centric story they're trying to cover all their bases and make it as as real as they can and it just kind of it kind of flounders under the weight of that but overall I really enjoyed the first hour of it. I wish the, the second hour could have lived up to, to what the movie set up. But, um, I mean, I enjoyed it. And I think, I think Brandon's right about general audiences because I went with, um, my younger brother and, and my brother-in-law and they're both, um, you know, 16, 17 and they both really enjoyed it. Cool. Abe? Uh, I didn't think that it was a terrible film. Uh, I, I don't think that it deserves, you know, like, oh my gosh, it's so terrible that I can't watch it, I can't stay on the screen. Uh, primarily because it does do what it, it's, it kind of sets off on its own path. It does borrow characters and it borrows, uh, the same kind of storyline. Um, but it's asking you some questions that I thought were interesting. I don't think that it was particularly well written in terms of how, how smart they thought that it was sounding, um, with regard to the ambivalence between man and machine and also, what happens when feelings come into play? How does the or how does the human psyche interact with um, robotics? And will the human uh, spirit dominate over whatever? Um, and I didn't think that it was that well written in that regard. Um, I thought that it was uh, an interesting aspect just to have RoboCop go back to his family, like what you guys had all brought up. Uh, it, that's different from the first one. Uh, big fan of the first one. Um, I rewatched it almost immediately after I saw this one. Um, the, the whole entire notion of too many people in it, I agree with that, uh, because there are just, there are too many people in it, and you can't really focus on, uh, whether RoboCop wants to just be a robot, or be a cop, and, or have these feelings. Uh, the way that RoboCop goes about things, just, uh, the character itself, that was interesting because Peter Weller did a, did a pretty robotic impression of things which I certainly liked, and also the thinking that he had in the 1987 version was more in tune with a a robot, um, because he just had these directives and he had to go and carry them out. Whereas this one, it's it kind of blurs a lot of the time because you you realize that he's cognizant of what he is and, and what he's doing, but at the same time, it doesn't seem as though he's part machine, especially when they ramp things up. Um, and that... That kind of bothered me, so it kind of went tonally in and out for me there. But side characters were great. I thought that Gary Oldman was was good. Uh, Abby Cornish is really good too. Uh, the son and he they had a, like a little tender moment about hockey games, and that kind of was uh, that was nice. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I had a problem with was the action. The action looked like it looked awful. It looked terrible. I couldn't see anything. Uh, and this is coming from Jose Padilla, who directed those two action films. And I haven't seen those, but I was thinking, all right, if none of this works out, then the action will be good. No, I was wrong. The, those uh, movies, I mean, they're more like cop cop dramas that have elements of action in them. And they're, but they're, I mean, they're gritty cop dramas. They're kind of designed to be in that mold of modern. Is the action, action. good? I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not like the raid good, but I mean, it's. It's fitting yeah. for the kind of. Oh, film. this this it's, is not the raid game. No, I know, but it's. I mean, <laughs> those, his, those elite squad movies are fitting for the kind of films that they are in terms of the action gotcha. that's in them. 
Yeah, but in this one, in RoboCop 2014, you can't see anything that happens on the screen. It just, it's all super zoom up close or just like... Or completely in darkness. Yes, yeah, completely. And so that kind of bothered me too because you don't know what the hell is going on. He uses thermal scan and then that's not even, that's like a gimmick. So that's just all 3D animated artwork. So yeah, I, I don't like the action at all. I thought, again, um, in summary, it has an interesting story with the morality of things. But it, it wasn't executed as well as I thought it would be. Um, but I do agree that it will fit a certain audience. A lot of audience members around me were like, oh, 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 no, because they felt pretty attached to the storyline. I don't know if they've seen the 1987 version, but, yeah, I, I, it does fit with some people. I um, I, I think people that have listened to me address RoboCop on this podcast and other forums have known that I've not necessarily had it in for this movie, but certainly know that I wasn't looking forward to it just because I never thought it looked very good to begin with. Um, it doesn't come from the fact that it is a remake, because I have nothing against remakes. You can listen to us talk about this in the RoboCop commentary, um, but there is... Inher- I mean, if there's a good concept and, you know, people are involved that are, you know, credible, I don't mind seeing them reuse ideas to make a new version of a story. That doesn't bother me. I've seen that. I saw, I saw about last night this weekend, which was great. Um, this movie, I can admit that I was may- maybe overly harsh just because I wanted to address this movie as itself without addressing the remake, which is what I did in my written review. Um, and... Because of that, I just needed to harp on everything that I found wrong with this movie, because I do think it is kind of awful. I, I don't think it's very good. I agree with many of the negative points that you guys have brought up. I think it wastes a lot of potential because it does have ideas, but the writing's not up to handling them or juggling the many different ideas that it does and kind of bring into the film. Um, the action is messy. There are way too many characters. If you have... You have the wife, you have Michael K. Williams, and you have, like, uh, Jackie Earl Haley for some reason. Get rid of two of those guys. Like, and then, you know, you have a clear movie already. Like, especially, like, Michael K. Williams as his, like, former partner, Lewis, um, and um, the wife, played by Abby Cornish. Like, they're basically the same kind of character. So, like, one of those doesn't need to be here. Like, and then automatically you have, like, a, a streamlined film already. Yeah, the RoboCop aspects... <laughs> Joel Kinnaman is like, he's fine with what he has to do, but my issue with that is he flip-flops a lot. Like, the the movie flip-flops on what RoboCop, what they want RoboCop to be. And whereas the original film, and I'm not trying to, you know, compare the two, it's just more making a point of what one film does better than the other. The original film, it has him as a robot who's, you know, learning that he once was man, and that's interesting to me. This one has him... Knowing he became a robot, then becoming not a robot, then becoming a robot without being a man, then going back to learning he was a man. Like, it just goes way too far up this arc. Like, it's not an arc. It goes, it's like this weird wavy thing that goes back and back and back. And it just, it's, it, it doesn't help in a movie that's also trying to sell me on drone warfare and what the causes of that are and evil businesses that are corrupted. And also there's a drug plot line with like a very forgettable villain who I don't even know the name of. I just know he had like long hair. I think his name is Valen. Okay. The, the Kurtwood Smith substitute. Yeah. And there's just, there's all these ideas all over the place that over, just, they, co- they overlap and they don't become effective. And despite having a good cast and like looking expensive, the movie just doesn't work for me. It, it's, it's too much. Oh, the movie was expensive. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> uh, I will say the opening five minutes were great. <laughs> it had nothing to do with Robocop, but I like Sam Jackson's like over the top. Right wing. I mean, he's. Well, I mean, it was he, darkly funny. He, was... he yells like a right wing person, but he kind of has sentiments of somewhat of a left person. Like, there's like he's all over the place. It's weird how his character's handled. 
Until today, Thomas King was a convicted felon, wanted for rape, arson, and murder. Here he is, just steps away from two of Detroit's finest. These two officers are completely unaware of the monster in their midst. And then, in 60 seconds, I repeat, just 60 seconds, Detective Murphy brings him down. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. This, my friends, is the future of American justice. How many like Thomas King will pay for their crimes now that RoboCop is here? And, but then it jumps to like what the world is where you have, you know, these, you know, essentially drones in other countries policing the world, but not in America. And then you have suicide bombers attacking said drones. And it's like, what is this movie? I want to see more of this. I want to see these ideas be expanded because this is crazy. Sam Jackson's like this crazy news persona while there's suicide bombings happening. Like there's a movie there. But, but yeah, that's we we don't see much of that ever again. That's, that's... But about that, I, I I thought that was just so weird in the realm of this RoboCop thing. It's like, oh well, yeah, right. I, that's the problem. I mean, it's well, a RoboCop because uh, I I didn't like a, I, that that kind of left a, an initial bad taste in my mouth because I just didn't like how the mother was like, oh no, don't don't do it, don't do it. I was like, all right, this is this is just over the top. This is ridiculous. And if it had continued to be that way, it would have been great. Yeah, um, I, agree. I do agree with you about the flip flop of RoboCop in the movie. That's kind of what I was talking about with the the tonal unevenness. Yeah, um, because he. He gets blown up, which is not as dramatic as Peter Weller in a, an awful dramatic scene in the original RoboCap. Uh, but, you know, he survives and, and he, he's, he understands that he's still Peter, or he's still, uh, Alex Murphy, which, uh, I, I like the first one where he has to go and discover that, that he is not a machine. He's, or he's, he is machine, but he's made up of this guy who is, Sadly deceased. But that's also yeah. never going to change. That's another thing about that. Yeah. A RoboCop. And we talk about that again in the comic. Yeah. Like we, he's, he's a robo, he's RoboCop now and he's never not going to be RoboCop. He may have discovered that he had Agreed. these past things going on, but that's not a thing. And this one tries to sell you on the idea of, well, he's, he's able to develop his own dopamine and come back to con, like there's all these things going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, what, what were your expectations for this? Cause I immediately threw out equaling the first one or coming even close to it. I oh, just, I, you yeah. know, they weren't going to do it. So, but they could easily have made a film better than RoboCop 2. And I don't think they did so here. Here's, I mean, okay. Obviously, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to think a movie like this is going to be as good as a movie that I obviously love. It's, but that's not like the point in a lot of these remakes. It's just like, no. I, ideally, I'm just saying a new version of a story that I think is cool. I don't think my expectations could have been lower just because of my, you know, thoughts on just the trailer itself and, the, and what I've been seeing. So I was open to liking this movie. It's not like I don't go into any movie, especially ones that I pay for, which I did pay for of RoboCop, and think, like, man, I can't wait to hate on this when I get home. That's not fun for me. That's not what I like to do. I was completely open to accepting this movie for what it was. And even if it doesn't, like, cash in on the ideas it presents... It could at least be fun, and the problem is I just didn't have fun with this movie. I didn't like no, it. the action's not very good. The story's all over the place. Michael Keaton and Sam Jackson and Gary Oldman and even Jackie O'Haley are trying, like they're doing their best, but like it's just it it didn't make me enjoy what I was seeing on screen. Yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of wasted effort in many places. And I agree with that too, uh, primarily because you have you have the initial premise of hey let's get this man in the suit. 
And then it just really shifts really quickly to, hey, he's solving his own crime. Why didn't I think of that? And that's, and then it just goes into, uh, two ridiculous bad guys, a ridiculous police captain, and a, a, a really rushed ending like what Brandon was bringing up. So, Dope yeah, it, up. it's just really, uh, it, it didn't really delve into any of that whole entire emotional strain there. And again, I watched RoboCop like right after I saw this one, and I I didn't realize that at the house it was when he goes back to his old house. It's like it's really sad because he's having these visions, and then he gets he gets angry, which I I'd never really uh, thought of before. Um, and he punches the TV out. Yeah, you guys were you guys were saying you liked the training stuff to you, was it? I do. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the training because that's ultimately what hampers the the last half of the movie is taking so long with that. I mean, that's I don't I don't because I'm watching the training being like, okay, this is all gonna not matter in the end because he's gonna have to go to the police force and there's gonna be a case there and that's the importance of this. But if they made a whole movie around the training and passing and then getting on the force. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, when I'm watching, this <laughs> I watched that stuff, movie where it's like Police Academy, except one of the students is like a Robocop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's like taking tests. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he's I like sneaking wanna... into the girls' locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get you want to build depth and like you know some weight to it, but I mean, in in the end, it's it's just his training. I mean, it's uh, well, the, that's that that's what I thought was going to happen. Like I thought because they were showing this training and because they were doing so much development with, you know, going back and forth about the, the morals of it and, you know, trying to fit to what, you know, the American people wanted or whatever. Um, I thought because they were doing all that, they certainly weren't going to go in the last half and make it all about, uh, you know, the, the bad guy, the long haired bad guy. What was it? Valen. Um, I didn't think they were going to make it all about that. And they didn't to a point, but then it got all like, uh, Abe was saying it went back and forth with the, uh, um, with Omnicorp and the police department and all that mm-hmm. and everything. And that if they had just kept it to the, um, if they had just kept it to him, maybe getting rid of Val and going after that, solving his own murder. And, um, you know, just that, you know, instead of doing all the the moral dilemma with with Omnicorp and all those people, yeah. well, they, they uh, try to make this Valen like a big deal, and then then by the time Robocop's done training, they don't even care anymore. Yeah, well, you know how I yeah. knew they didn't care to begin with because every other actor in this movie is played by someone you know, and you never see yeah. this Valen person before. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> True. But, I mean, I mean, essentially, he's the guy that set, sets in you know motion to put Murphy where he's at, and we don't even get rewarded. No, in the moment when like, they face off yeah, at all like, like it's so i couldn't believe it i was like what well, that's it every other actor in this movie you have the what you have omar from the wire as his partner that does nothing in this movie yeah you can't cast like a good he person to be the two, bad guy yeah he gets two emotional moments for like no re- like omar from the wire does two two times it gets like oh man and then this guy nothing like absolutely nothing and it should be a, like a big crowd pleasing moment. And, and you're sitting there going, is that, is, oh, oh, okay, we're moving on. All right. The end. The, no, we're moving just, on. We're moving yeah. on. Because yeah, he can't, he's got directive four, but, uh, yeah. he's violating protocol. Exactly. Which I believe yeah. said like four times within the span of five minutes. <laughs> which is, uh, which is interesting because, uh, I'd like to point out all the characters. So you have Robocop, his wife, his son, his partner, Michael K. Williams. You have the, the police captain, those two crooked cops. You have Michael Keaton. You have Jennifer L. 
Jay Baruchel, Detective Batista's uh, sister. Yep. Yep. And then you have Gary Oldman. That is too Jackie, many people. No, Jackie, you forgot Jackie. Jackie Riley. Too too many people to keep track of. Yeah, and I mean none are given much time. Which is uh, it's funny to see what veteran actors are good at compared to other actors because you look at Keaton and Jackson. Uh, did you say Jackson, by the way? Jackson, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You look at Keaton, Jackson, and, Haley. And the mayor or, is the mayor, too, right? Yeah. He's a player. And uh, an old bit. Like, and they're all actors where you, you can see I, you can see the writing, and you can see how they're doing it differently than someone like Batista's sister, who's obviously, you know, she's a younger actress. And you can see how older actors seem to know, like, how to make these kind of scenes work. Or these younger actors are like, yeah, let's, there we go. There's the stuff. Here's, the, the, here's, the, ex- yeah. here's the exposition. There you go. What's wrong with them? No, nothing, nothing. The software sends the information to the brain. Then the brain relates this to the AI module. Yeah, a year later. And computers finished the job, Raymond. You, you wanted a man inside a machine, and that's what you've got. But, but the human element will always be present. Fear, instinct, bias, uh, compassion, they will always interfere with the system. Okay, but Dennett, I've got to give... The American people, something they can root for, something aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. Pretty good. That's not, I don't know how to sell. Okay. So I don't care how you do it. I'm asking you. Come on, can you help me? Just get him to do that. Him to do that. It's a machine. I know, but it's a man inside a machine. No, that's a man inside a machine. Right Right there. And his life depends on it, and the future of Omnicorp depends on it. So get your ass back to China and get it fixed. I don't care how you do it. Just go do it. Well, and like Abby Cornish is like the, the oh, they're it. there, but there, there's nothing there but whining. That's all. There, there's no. It's just oh, we're sad. She cries a lot, and then she ensures Robocop that if his disfigured, horrible robot father came home and hugged him, he'd probably stop having nightmares. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like your character, though. I like what she brought to the table. Um, what did she bring? Like, Tears. Emotional <laughs> attachment. The emotional attachment of being human again. I got uh, that from because, Omar. You know, they say that they had the they had the musical part right. Human again, like in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, oh wrong movie. <laughs> no, it just yeah. It, it, she was just it was rote what they gave her. Like there was nothing. Oh, I agree nothing. that she was basically a one note character, but I, I think that she had an important value to the entire the overall uh, morality issue that I I liked about the film. What would have been what would have been better is if. She signed off on that, but didn't want to see him. But he wanted to see her. There would have been something there. That's an idea. Uh, there would have been some tension, but then they would have made up for it in like a millisecond of film, and then they gotten back to like the quote unquote action. Granted, the movie doesn't have time for this stuff, but yeah. the movie doesn't have time for action. It doesn't at all have time for showing us like... being a RoboCop. We get like one crime that he solves, and that's it. The joy of like '80s movies is you get those montage scenes, which just are sadly lacking these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And Jay, I want to go back to you mentioned Jay Baruchel or Baruchel, Baruchel. Yeah. But I mean, didn't he just scream like we needed a cocaine scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like we needed like that dude, but it's PG thirteen, so yeah. we just needed some scene with him, just like you know, some cokehead background on him. He was and, supposed to be the Ellis of this movie, but we didn't get yes. it. Yes, I mean, yeah. look at him. He had the, the jacket, the beard. The beard. He was, <laughs> he was, everything was there. And, his, you know, he's a squirrely guy, so it would have been perfect. But, nope, we're PG-13. And just, like, you know, shooting robots in the taser gun. like the just Right, yeah, the taser gun thing was, uh, it was an interesting aspect, but it, it the bloody violence of the original one, I, I don't well, I, that it was, uh, you know, I don't think 
I don't have a problem with the movie being PG-13, but because of where it's coming from, it should have at least tried to push the limits of PG-13. And this one just kneecapped itself just knowing it was going to be rated PG-13. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm going to run after you guys. Oh, I shot myself in the foot. Well, yeah, it, ha- cause it, I mean, it, it has him either fighting robots or fighting completely in the dark against bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this movie didn't even try. Like, oh, we're, they, I mean, they were too worried about, you know... Well, Again, I think that they, I think, I have to give them credit because I think that they were trying to do something, but they just had too many plot elements that they had to keep up with. It comes well, with, I meant, it comes well, with, I meant with filming the action. That that was my thing. The action, they, they didn't even try. I've seen bloody PG oh, movies. It comes like, with things. Yeah, Die Live Free, the fourth Die Hard movie is bloodier. Yeah, than a lot of I mean that that one pushes that one pushes the limits. I mean, there are there are good PG thirteen action movies. This one didn't even. This one, it almost like they were trying for a PG. Like, they didn't even, I mean, there wasn't even, they didn't even have to edit. It was already there. I mean, they all shoot him in the dark, <laughs> shoot tasers, let's have him fight robots. I mean, it comes from the idea that a lot of the issues are attached to the fact that it's a remake to begin with, where it has to follow a certain structure in order to appease the franchise to an extent, whereas opposed to just making, like, you know, Robot Cop, the movie, <laughs> where it, yeah. it, can do, it can do completely its own thing and not be attached to having business corruption because that was in the original, or dirty cops yeah. and drug lords because that was in the original, or having... You've got you've to watch Robot Cop before the producers uh, ruin it, though, and then give him, like, a baby Robot Cop. But, I mean, if it was its own thing where it's just, like, a guy that turns into a cyborg and it goes with that, or it goes with having... It goes into the kind of drone warfare and how that's a bad thing or what or a good thing either way. And like if if it expanded on those ideas without being assigned to being a remake, then yeah. But I mean that's that's a that's the that's part of the issue right there. Yeah, just, mm. good discussion this week. <laughs> I'm not trying to box you out, Philip, because I know you kind of like the movie more than we. I, I like the I like the movie too. I'm like uh, I'm like on Philip's side. I was like, dang, you guys are making me hate this. Yeah. But no. <laughs> oh. I mean, Stick to your guns, buddy. I mean, I can. No, I, well, no, I mean, you guys. I mean, I get all the the points though. They make they make you know perfect sense. I just, I mean, uh, you know, sitting there just taking it in for what it was. I mean, I, yeah, I I enjoyed it, and it was you know it was fun. I I did like the you know like I said the first hour a lot more than the the second one because it kind of just devolved and became exactly what I expected it to be going in. But. um I guess it, maybe it was just because I, you know, it was better than I expected it to be at all. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I get where you guys are coming from. So, but yeah, I did. I will. I'll say. I mean, overall, I did. I, I did enjoy it, and it's probably because I didn't have as much of an affection for the original as you guys either. That that probably plays a factor in it. It does because it's impossible for me to like say that I tried to judge this movie without thinking of the original. I can write about why I think it's a bad movie, but I mean, there's nothing in me that's gonna like suppress the fact that I know that I love the original and I know that this is a movie that's not living up to that fact, regardless of if that matters or not. So it's hard to not express that in some way. But I'm glad you had fun. I I hope anybody has fun watching any movie they go see. Why waste your time in life? Like I, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather have fun yeah. seeing a movie regardless of the quality. I just didn't have fun with this movie. Even trying to put away the idea that hey, this isn't you know doesn't have the social relevance or the cool ideas that they, the other ones have or other movies that have ideas have. Like it's but it's still at least fun. I just didn't have that. I can I I love to have just appreciated this as like a B movie, but I didn't. Opposed to something like Space Jail, which I love. That movie's, you know, that movie's, <laughs> yes. that movie's technically terrible. I, Lockout, I know. We, I, have to, yeah, I, have no, to, yeah. I have to make sure to uh, reference the <laughs> no, actual no, title. I, I got it. I, but I, I know, every now and then, though, it's been a while, so we have to make sure we know what people, what movie we're talking about. <laughs> we like, need, we, we need a listener to make a, like, custom 
Blu-ray slip for like that's a space post- jail. That's on a it. Space jail. Space yeah, jail. so we I can change. That. Oh my god, the ones we have. But that movie, I mean, that movie's you know technically terrible. I mean, but I think there's so much more fun to be had just because of the performances or the idea or the. You know, it also is a terrible logic. movie that we love. What? The FP. The FP is a terrible movie that we love. That's yeah. true. I mean, because they're, they're, they're going for it in that movie. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. I I can say, I guess this is better than Total Recall. That's a way to put it. I mean. <laughs> I th- I mean, that's your this movie. Point. This movie wasn't boring, I guess. Like Total Recall, I can put it that way. I mean, it fl- it's better than Total Recall. Dot dot dot. I guess. I guess. Aaron Newworth, Blu dot com, Blu ray cover. All right. So, and I mean, <laughs> this movie, like Michael Keaton's trying so hard at the beginning, and then he just kind of gives it. It's like, oh, whatever. I'm just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'll say is, uh, I, I forget who said. Remember Brandon, but. Or Philip. I, I think that it was really good that they kept it to like an hour and forty eight minutes. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. Because otherwise it would have been it would have been yeah, I would have started slumping in my seat and be like, when is this gonna be over? I mean, with all the stuff at the beginning with Robocop with them developing him and then tearing down his dopamine levels and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, let's let's move on. Jeez. Get to him on the street. His sweet motorcycle. It was a sweet motorcycle. You know, I, I saw a tweet cool. that I, I got a good laugh at out of last night where um Someone said that now the part in the original RoboCop um, where they discuss uh, keeping his hand feels like an offhanded like backhand to the new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, all right, let's get to our rating. Each week we uh, rate movies based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Brandon, where would you put RoboCop? This is going to be an interesting... Uh, rating for me here i'm going to say overall wait to like netflix rent it unless you go to best buy and you purchase either the original robocop the a-team commando casino royale the terminator um the the revised the re the remastered remastered one um or like die hard escape from new york or predator 2 and you get seven dollars and fifty cents to use towards the new robocop so in some in some states it's a free ticket um, to a week a week, uh, Man, week show or before noon so you can go see it for free because you're buying one of these better movies if you really want to see RoboCop that bad see it that way but overall stream it uh, on Netflix or whatever your preferred method is. Thank you for that long-winded explanation, <laughs> <laughs> Philip. I'm a, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, uh, I'll stick to my guns on this one. Like I said, I really, you know, I, I was able to enjoy it as just a, a, a pure B movie. And so, uh, and I, I, it did, you know, it had the money behind it. I thought it looked, it looked great. Um, uh, the action scenes though, I was going to comment on that about the, the one at the beginning where they were, uh, at the shootout between when, before he was Robocop and they met Valen, the shaky cam. Oh, they like, like, yeah, they like flip, they flip over a table and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like, oh, this is this is rough. But uh, anyway, uh, besides that, the special effects were great. I would I would say um, I would definitely say matinee over you know going at night and paying nine ten bucks for it, um, or especially IMAX. You, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't pay fourteen fifteen for it. But um, I, I'd say it's worth a matinee show just to see the effects and uh, the uh, you know the story on the big screen. I'm glad this was in stunning two uh, D. By the way, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah, Abe. 
I'd say HBO. Um, kind of one of those things that you can kind of really wait for. Uh, and you were more positive than I, but I agree with you. That's where I'm at too. HBO um, or TV. I think because there's nothing to edit. Ah, out. Ah, TV, regular TV. There's nothing to edit out of this movie. So yeah, TV. Ah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's move on. Not a movie callback. Call back, call back, call back. These are movies that we thought of or, you know, during or after the movie that reminded us of the main movie of the week. And um, let's start with Philip. Any other movies you thought of? Oh, I mean, not really, other than I was just thinking about the original the whole time, the whole time and, and seeing, you know, how it differed and, and what it was trying to do. But it I mean, didn't really bring up anything else for me, no. Brandon? Um, Elysium? Uh, the Evil Dead remake and Virtual Cop. Vir- Virtual Cop. <laughs> Virtual Cop. <laughs> nice. yep. Abe. Uh, I thought of uh, Iron Man, um, the original, or with the uh, back when he's in the desert. There, uh, I Robot, Batman Begins, Minority Report, and Tron Legacy. Yeah, RoboCop, obviously Total Recall. I Robot, I thought of that too. A Space Jail, I brought up uh, Pacific Rim, Terminator. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do some bill paying here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For you, the listeners of Out Now, Fair and Enabe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. I thought about relating it to the film, and we've already related some of those, but... Uh, I, I just was like, hey, what's a good book that I like? And it's Unaccustomed Earth by Jhumpa Lahiri. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories about transitions from life in the U.S., from India, and whatever else, and where those things might take you. It's a good book. Thank you for that. You could download that book or any of the many, many books at audibletrial.com slash podcast, and you can keep that book. Check out their service. If you don't like it, you can get rid of it, but you can still keep the book. So it's a win-win. And that's win Thank you. And that, again, is audibletrial.com, so shout now podcast. Let's move on to out now feedback now. Feedback, feedback, feedback. These are, these are where we go over <laughs> some of the many answers that you, the listeners, provide us. Every week we ask questions on our old Facebook page at facebook.com, so shout now podcast. And, uh, yeah, we got a, got a number of listener responses this week. So, Abe, what do we start with? First question is, what movie are you or would you watch for Valentine's Day? So, are you watching or would you watch? Callum writes, I watched Shaun of the Dead on Valentine's Night. Ah, oh, that's nice. Uh, Joe writes, When Harry Met Sally. Brennan has, My Bloody Valentine, 1981. There you go. Oh, it's good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Jason has, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Batman Robin, so I can play the drinking game. Uh, Manish writes, Casablanca, my Valentine's Day staple. Izzy writes, Sing True Romance with the Lady at Tribeca at 8.30. That sounds awesome. Very, yeah, it's very, uh, I, I wish I would, would have known earlier. I would have driven down. Greg writes, I went with my drink, or I went with drinking buddies. And lastly, Bob writes, I watched enough set already. Nice coincidence. Blue Valentine came to mind, but that's too depressing. Fun answer, once, which is a good movie it's with good, uh, movie. good music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Get me award-winning music, I should say. I agree. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, next we have, what movies are you or would you watch for President's Day? Um, Eric has Lincoln. Jason has Air Force One and A Episode of 24. Greg has Point Break, obviously. <laughs> and Joe, Joe Jans has Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's a fun answer for that one. 
Uh, and next question, RoboCop, Terminator, or something else entirely? Jason has, how about Iron Man? To which Eric responds, Iron Man. And then Greg has Screamers. They're like sentient Vitamixes. <laughs> Screamers came up twice on Ro- RoboCop mentions. <laughs> oh, wow. Of- and then we had some questions. Oh, go ahead. I was just a lot of screamers love Peter Weller. <laughs> we talked about it. We talked about it in the, uh, the commentary. commentary yeah. And then we had some questions that uh, were presented to us. Uh, Izzy asked us, "What's one reboot you do want to see?" Sort of similar to Brandon's question earlier, but uh, hmm. well, without a without a Blu-ray being involved. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Double. What'd you say? Double Dragon. No one wants to see that, Abe. No, if it's a good reboot. <laughs> you need another version of a video game movie. <laughs> Yes. They didn't. Add, they didn't say all they needed to say in the first Double Dragon. I didn't, I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like Scott Wolf. I mean, they're not Asian enough. Um, <laughs> a, what's a reboot you do want? To, you guys, you guys can answer too if you want to, because this is a good. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is open for everyone. Um, um, you know, like like another like Sinbad movie. Like I would like like. Or... Wait, Sinbad the actor. Uh, yeah, a movie with Sinbad the comedian. No, a movie. House guest. House, house, I love it. House guest. Um. No, like another, like you know, like a like a swashbuckling Sinbad movie. I can see one of those. Wow. I'm surprised we haven't yeah. gotten one of those. Really, I think we there was something that came out like recently in theaters, but I think it was like just like what some random Sinbad movie. But I was thinking like, why haven't we had like another Sinbad movie or or even like uh, like Jason and the Argonauts? Like we got Clash of the Titans. When are we getting Jason oh, and the Argonauts? Okay. Yeah. Just like old Harryhausen movies brought back to life again. It's a good one. Or just bad movies. Those are the best remakes, right? Because you don't have much. Those to are live, the best. You don't remakes. have much to live up to. Ocean's Eleven. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any others at the time. Uh, maybe like I uh, like the shadow again. I can I can see another shadow. Sure, yeah, I can do a shadow. I'm surprised we haven't got another shadow yet. Start getting all the '90s superhero properties out there: the Shadow, Phantom, yeah. Spawn. I'm surprised. I'm surprised a lot of these haven't like made it, been made again yet. Actually, come to think of it, we're doing no, we could do we could do, we could do Dark Man. Yeah, we could do Dark Man again. What if Sam ever returned for Dark Man Four? Just or like just do, brought him back. Or have Neeson's back too. Fade Alvarez redo all Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah, yeah, fade <laughs> <That's a good laughs> All right, uh, the next question. Um, this is from Izzy again. All three of these questions are from Izzy. Actually, we need more questions, Thanks, guys. Izzy. Yeah, thank you, Izzy. We appreciate it. Um, is there anything that can save the show? The sh- ABC's Marvel's The Agents of Shield presented by Joss Whedon. Um, how would you guys handle a reboot? Um, things that can save the show, better dialogue, characters I care about, um, something to root for, all of those things. Don't re- Better lighting. In the show. Better lighting. Don't rely on Clark Gregg so much to save everything. Kill off Sky. Kill off Sky. Those are all good. Uh, handle a reboot. Uh, cast uh, more than just white actors. I think that would be a good way to, to start. People that look believable in their roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those, those are my various suggestions for Agent yeah. Shield. <laughs> those are all great suggestions. <laughs> All right, and it, lastly, Izzy asks this, uh, you guys are casting the next season of True Detective. Which two actors do you put together and what type of case? And this is a good question because uh, season two, if there is one, is probably not going to have Matthew McConaughey and or Woody Harrelson in it. Yeah, it's an anthology series. Right. By so, the way, it's still uh, very good. I think we could... It is. We're all, yeah. Oh, it's, oh man. Philip, are you watching True Detective? Do you have H- HBO? No, I don't have HBO. Find a friend with HBO Go. I, yeah, I do have a friend that is uh, recording it for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna binge watch it. Yeah, def- awesome. definitely worth. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a very good show. Oh, very good. Um, who would we cast in next year? I, want- I was just thinking about this uh, want- the other day too. I, I don't have an answer just yet. I would say John John Hamm in in one of them, <laughs> uh, just because I want to see his smug face. 
I want to see like a. I haven't been watching it, but I heard what they're doing with it. I'd like to see a, a comedian, someone who, I don't know, someone who hasn't been doing well in you know their comedy realm lately, have a, a good run at a serious role in a in a TV show like that. I hear you there. Mm. I can see. That. I do. Yeah, I like that. Ray Romano. <laughs> you know, you, you, know, you say that. That'd be interesting. You say that, but that actually, I can see. It's interesting. I can see, you see that, that too. Yeah. Like, if there's someone that counterbalances yeah. it pretty well. It was, it was half a joke and half interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Robin Williams could do it for uh, all of his serious films, then why not? Well, it would be a good combo, though. I'm trying to, th- I want, I'm trying to like mix it up too. Like, like we have two, you know, middle-aged white guys. Like, what else do we have? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, if they're gonna follow the same storyline in terms of going flash forward and flash backward, I I would say Tommy Lee Jones, but he's he's probably too uh, he's a little too far too, too flash play, forward, like young yeah. version of himself like, from yeah. twenty years ago at this point. So like, yeah, I would love Tommy Lee Jones in in kind of like a serious role like this. Uh, he'd be what great. What about what about we'll female it? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of too. That's and true. We'll yeah. Like, let's say um, Rosario Dawson. Ooh, I like where your head's at. Oh, so I love uh, Rosario Dawson. Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. Um, she's not in any. She's fine. She's a solid she's, actress. I was, Great my actress. mind literally was like, aren't they in something together? I was like, oh, yeah, Sin City. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or no, your new favorite, Kate Bosworth. Put her in there. There you go, yeah. There you go, Kate Bosworth. And and she's, got one, she's got one good performance in the bag for me. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, True Detective, certainly a show worth checking out for anyone that hasn't and you know has the means to. Um, so there's that. Let's uh, move on now to box office. Each week we go over the box office results and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember what you predicted for RoboCop last week? I said second place and I want to say 22 million. You did say 22 million. Okay. Um, I said 24 million in second place. Leah said second place was 27. Taylor said third place of 19. Taylor is uh, pretty dead on balls accurate because RoboCop was third place of 21 million. Wow. Um, so she wins mainly because she picked, predict, she predicted the right spot and she underguessed. Yeah. So that was, and she underguessed yes, it. Yeah. Those are those are all good things. The Lego Movie dominated the box office this weekend, and it's a holiday weekend. We don't even have the final totals yet, but it made another forty-eight million this weekend alone, wow. dropping only like twenty-nine percent, which is not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, what's uh, what's second place? About last night is second place. Ah. And I said too, Kevin Hart's blowing up. I knew it. I knew I should have predicted third place Robocop. <laughs> Kevin Hart, twenty-seven million for a Kevin Hart night. blowing up. He's all yeah. over the place. Twenty-seven mil for in, or the weekend. Robocop opened on a Wednesday, and it's only it made twenty-one this week and has twenty-six total. Didn't even make that much in its opening kind of uh, run. Uh, and and its budget was like a hundred million dollars. Hundred and thirty, wasn't it? Something oh, like that. I mean, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, plus marketing. Sorry, Joel Kinnaman. Um, endless. So I'm gonna cancel my plans for seeing Robocop two in two years. So all right, just cancel. Robocops. Right. Robocops. <laughs> <laughs> Robo- Michael K. Williams also gets in an accident. But well, he seems to get shot every time he's working with his partner, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So it's just like it's just like Iron Man. He's just got like a, a black friend in a in a, in a suit. Just like oh, what is this guy? Call him Robo Machine, <laughs> or um, or Detroit Patriot. Uh, that's, another, that's another thing. Detroit in that RoboCop movie, like it's a character. It looks really RoboCop. clean. It, lo- it just looks like generic city. Like it doesn't matter that it's in Detroit. That's like part of the commentary in the first one that it's in Detroit. You gotta separate the two, man. Uh, Endless Love came in fifth place, by the way. Winner's Tale, which I like, I was intrigued by just because of how horrible everything was being like written about it. So it's like that was in seventh place this weekend. Uh, but apparently, features Will Smith as Lucifer, so that's enough to get me in the seat eventually to see Winner's oh. Tale. <laughs> um, right. 
Let's see. And just to hear Russell Crowe be all, you know, I've been crushing dreams and stomping on miracles for longer than I can remember. Like, all of that just intrigues Oh, did he? <laughs> that's, that's how he tags his lines. Um, speaking of Kevin Hart, by the way, Ride Along is like at 120 million almost and still in oh sixth six place of the box office. It's the year of Kevin Hart. I told you. Yeah, good job. Um, so yeah, that's all of that. Um, yeah, so that's the box office. I think, um, it's another time now. It's- Ooh, is it already that time already for you to bust out with the uh, the music machine and have some games? Oh, you left me hanging there. That was that was actually really nice there at the end. I got you. Yeah, got you on the All right. got you on the hook for that one. <laughs> New game this week. It's called On a Scale of. So I'll take a scale of a you know a movie rating, either A, Bs, and Cs, or in this case, I'm taking the scale of Rotten Tomatoes, 0 to 100%. Okay. You guys will have to guess the percentage. Uh, so I've got Paul Verhoeven movies. I've got Michael Keaton movies. I've also got Joel Kinnaman movies. I like this. This is cool. I like this game. Yes. I, I, right. I, the, the key is that I understand the rules already, so that's a helpful part right <laughs> and, there. And Abby Cornish movies, so oh, you know, keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, so on a so, scale of... So wait, are we, are we all guessing or are we yelling Everyone's at? guessing, yeah. So we all just and guess whoever's the... closest okay. will... Get it. All right. So on a scale of one to or zero to hundred percent off the Rotten Tomatoes, so kind of get your mindset right. Uh, Hollow Man. I will say forty-two percent. Okay. Thirty-four percent. And Phil, uh, is it? Are we going by critic or audience? No, we're, we're I, going by uh, critic. I think it's like the general Rotten Tomato rating. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and uh, Hollow Man, I yeah, I'd go thirty-five. Thirty-five. Oh, Oof. Good job, Brandon. It's 27%. Oh, it's that low. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's not Next good. Next one. Starship Troopers. Oh, that's like, uh. That's gotta be up there. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna say like 53. 53. I think it's like mixed. Okay. I'm gonna go with 62. 62. Alright. Philip? Probably closer. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go, oh, well, we'll go even 60. 60. All right. Boom, Brandon, 63. Wow. 62. That makes me happy because I, I, know, I know that movie was mixed, but I'm glad it was on the positive side overall. Yes. All right. And the original Total Recall? I'll say 87. 87. I'm going to go with uh, 62 again. 62. All right. And uh, Philip? Uh, 83. 83. Philip is 84%. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is 1987 RoboCop. Oh, um, I think that is 87. Actually, I think I was looking at it. <laughs> it was like 80, looking like, at 87. Okay. I'll say 86. Be safe. 86. All right. We go with uh, 89. 89. All right, Philip. I feel like I looked at it earlier in the week too, and I feel like it was. I'm gonna go 92 because I think 92. it was. Uh, this one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this one doesn't have an overage, it's just whoever was closest, so it's gonna go with Brandon, it's 88. If Aaron had stuck with 87, that would have been a weird tie, I don't know. Wait, why, 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 wrong? We're not doing said, prices, we're not doing prices right rules? No, we're not, we're not, we're doing, we're doing whoever's closest. <laughs> Sorry. In the foundation of our podcast is that prices right rules. <laughs> but he was closer. All right, and Joel Kinnaman was in Safe House, so what do you guys think for Safe House? Oh, that had like a, say 59. 59? 
Um, featuring the Kanye West song. 47. 47. Philip? Uh, 52 is my guess. 52. Good job, Philip. It's 53. Ah. I think right. you guys tied 2 2 and Aaron's got one. All right. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, 2011, which apparently had Joel Kinnaman in it. 77. 77. Uh, 74. 74. I think it is lower, actually. Um, yeah, we'll go with 70, even. 70. You guys kept on going down there. Aaron, you win. It was 86. Really? All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then now we move into some Abby Cornish stuff. Limitless. 68. 68. 52. 52. Um, 57. 57. It was 70, so Aaron, you get that. You're ahead now by one. I knew people liked that movie, too. Which I don't mind, it's just not as good as everyone seems to think it is. I'm with you on that one. I like it. How do you get that smart and then forget to pay your mob boss? I don't understand. Because, you know, (laughs) you have other stuff that you're doing. You're that smart, you don't forget things. (laughs) (laughs) Next one with Abby Cornish, Sucker Punch. Oh, oh. Sucker Punch. Oh, jeez. 29. 29. 27. 27. Yeah, I'm gonna 25. 25. Good job, Philip. It was 23. Oh. So now uh, you and Aaron are tied. Brandon is down by one. I thought I had three. And Aaron has four. And I think Philip has four too. They're 12. Oh, I, I can't wait to listen to this in the oh, recording. No. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I thought I got the, fir- I, I got the yeah. first two, missed one, and then got another. But I don't remember having one. Like, I had one all of a sudden. I thought I missed one because of the Price is Right rules. I don't know what's happening here. I think I'm down. I think Brandon and I are... <laughs> I think Philip's winning. I think Brandon and I are tied. Okay, I gotcha. I believe you. All right. I have, I have more than two. That's all. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you've got <laughs> I think I have three, and Philip has four, and Brandon four, has three. Brandon yeah. has three. Yeah. All right. Paranoia. The hell's par- Oh, that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the it hell? Came out last year. <laughs> um, four. Okay. Uh, who is it? Oh, wait, wait, Paranoia. Yeah, with uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, oh, yeah. oh. Wait, Gary Oldman <laughs> and and. That's four. Do I get to say four as well? Sure. Okay, four. Okay. Oh, I'll just go. I'll just go five, just to. <laughs> It was four. It is four. I reviewed the Blu-ray. I knew it was exactly four. As, as a two-way tie, you guys have to do your uh, best Harrison Ford impersonation. I, I knew it was zero, <laughs> and then it like raised up to something, so I just assumed it was four. <laughs> Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with Gary Oldman. All right, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Uh, uh, 84. 84. 88. 88. Philip. I keep hearing seven, so put him down for seven. 70? Philip. It's okay. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, 83. So, Aaron, you get that one. Okay. All right. Mr. Mom. Um, Mr. Mom. Um, 43. 43. 56. 56. Philip? Um, what? Can you, I said the run the cusp, 60. Okay. 60. Six. Yeah. Philip, you win. It was 84. Rip Mr. Mom. <laughs> Mr. Mom. Rotten Tomatoes scale. All right. Last one. Jack Frost. Oh, God. Um, eight. Eight. What do you say? 16. 16. 16. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 20. 
20. Boom! Philip, it was 20! What? Really? Wow. <laughs> I think I thought it was going to be way too high. <laughs> no, it was 20. Yeah, so there you go. A couple uh, guys liked it. What's that? A couple people liked that movie. Yeah. It was a good, heartfelt Christmas movie? <laughs> Uh, it, was, it looked scarier than the other Jack Frost that was intended to be scary. Was Shannon Elizabeth? Oh, wait, yes. is that, the, is that the, uh, the horror movie Jack Frost? No, it's it's the courtroom drama with Jack Frost. Like, that's what we're referring yeah. to. <laughs> courtroom drama? I've never seen... No, just, what, what are some other creepier. terrible uh, Thanksgiving Day? Like They have like Santa Claus with C-L-A-W-S. and Well, there's uh, Uncle Sam Wants You Dead. <laughs> Yeah. I forget that's true. In the nineties, they had a lot of those. Is the game over, Abe? Yeah. The game's over. Yeah. <laughs> Who won, Philip? Was Philip? I believe that the winner is uh, Philip by one. But I'm just double checking here. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Philip. Good job. Yeah. Appreciate well it. Thank you. <laughs> Even if you didn't win, you won. Thanks for the games, Abe. Yeah. Let's do a little out now. Presents what's out now. These are movies coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, and we have not many new like new movie releases, but just some cool ones here. First up, we have Game of Thrones Season 3. Love and Beast of Game of Thrones. Okay, I'm excited to see that season again on Blu-ray before the new one. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox arrives on Criterion Ooh, yes. Collection Blu-ray this week. They're... And they, they announced Life Aquatic in May, too. Oh, really? They did? Yes. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> this, Fantastic Mr. Fox on Criterion Blu-ray is maybe one of the like biggest Blu-rays I'm looking forward to this year. I'm very excited about that. Um, Hitchcock's Foreign Correspondence also hits Criterion Blu-ray yeah, this yeah. week. Um, Darkman Screen Factory release hits Blu-ray this week, which Brandon reviewed for WhysoBlue.com. Oh, yeah. Check it out. That's a, that's a fun movie. They have Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand on, on that one to talk, and Larry Drake. Liam Neeson's? Liam Neeson. <laughs> and what about nonstop, though? So, yeah, that's uh, new things coming out this week. A lot of good things. Um, let's get to next week's show. Next week, we're going to... We're figuring that out, actually. I think... Probably be Oscar. We're, we're going to talk Oscar talk. We're going to make yeah. our predictions. Maybe just make, like, a whole long show. Big bonus episode. Um, as much as I know Abe wants to talk about Pompeii, um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see on that one. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're going to get the... Uh, make it just kind of an entire Oscar show. Yeah, we'll have, like, a Krusty's Comeback Classic. Exactly, a Krusty's Comeback Classic featuring Gabo. So, yeah, that's the tentative, tentatively the plans as of now. Woo. Um, so, yeah, with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisetheblue.com for all my blue reviews. I also just started writing for the youngfolks.com. I'm going to be covering The Walking Dead over there. You guys are pretty young there. Uh, yeah. And, um, of course, Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag The Last of Us DLC? Yeah, I'm playing it. It's awesome. Okay. It's good. Left behind. Hashtag left behind. Uh, Brandon? Uh, you can find, uh, my work at Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Um, and I do Blu-ray reviews uh, for WeisterBlue.com. I'm currently doing a weekly series uh, with my, you know, wish list of movies that aren't on Blu-ray yet that I'd like to see hit the format, which is those come out on Thursday. It's cool. Very cool. Um, if you're behind and need to catch up on 
um, Sleepy Hollow TV show. Aaron and I do the Ichabod Crane cast. You go back to those episodes to catch up. And we'll be doing the Jack and Chloe Adventure podcast. Yep. Soon here, so be on the lookout for that. For 24, yep. For 24, live live another day. Uh, And on Twitter, you can find me at BT Peters. And Philip. Yeah, you can find me. Um, main site is reviewsfromabed.net. Um, also, my reviews are posted on the wordwebzine.webs.com and moviemarker.co.uk. Uh, and um, I'm on Twitter at Bandy Price. That's Andy with a V. Great. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our site, along with other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, the Ichabod Crane cast, which both feature me. It's all me, apparently. Uh, Longbox of Doom, Half Hour Ways, and other fun shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. You can find all of our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. We're working on a revamp. And outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Robocop. And, of course, enter our contest to win your first season of The Americans on DVD. Also, follow us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where you can interact with us. And tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Tons of new followers. Yeah, we had, a, we had a nice uptick of followers this week on Twitter. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Follow us there. Also, leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. Let us know your thoughts in voice, vocal form, of course. And, oh, I didn't mention this earlier. iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Please send in your iTunes reviews and ratings. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you, Philip and Brandon, for joining us to discuss Robocop and other shenanigans today. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks again for you guys having me. Yeah, for sure. And glad it was a much smoother show this time around. It was very annoying last time, so... Uh, definitely sorry I was cutting out a little bit there. No, no problem. It will sound a lot better uh, than the yeah. other one where I had to cut out a lot of extra blank time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, until next week when we do some Oscar talk, which I'm looking forward to actually. It's a very exciting race this year. That's going to do it for this week's show. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Stay out of trouble. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. You will never stop it Is America so robophobic? Can you guys do your best Peter Weller voice? Your move, creep. That's pretty good. Buddy, I think you're slime. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I can do my best, uh, Clarence Butker. Nah, 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 nah. See? Sounds exactly like him. Way to hold it, too. Way to not yeah. any time to register what you're doing. <laughs> Cops don't like me. No, that's not it. That's Can't dope. do it. I don't even know where you're going with that now. No. Bitches leave. Bitches leave. That's better. <laughs> I'm not arresting you anymore. That's the last Peter Weller I'll do. Okay. <laughs> I remember having Robocop 2 on Laserdisc. <laughs> on what disc? I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Why is America, is America so, so <laughs> robophobic? Uh, Rush Jackson, everybody. Yeah.
Good old Sam Jackson. Or should I say Lawrence Fishburne? Rush Jackson. <laughs> Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. You were great at a Chrysler commercial. What? The commercial. On Super Bowl. There are other black actors in Hollywood. Well, I gotta find the at. I got an at because I wrote that Larry Fish or Lawrence Fish or Samuel Jackson was great in Robocop, but I got an at reply that made me laugh. Hold on, let me see if I can find it very quick. Give me a second. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I wrote that, and I got a tweet from some guy. Hard to believe he's the same young man who got a start in Apocalypse Now as little Sammy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>